Welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast, where you will find insight, analysis, and the story behind the numbers. Hi, and welcome to Business Line's State of the Economy podcast for this month. I'm Arthi Krishnan, and today we are going to discuss the equity market outlook. Today we have with us Ms. Roshi Jain, who manages over five billion dollars in assets with one of India's largest mutual funds, HDFC Mutual Fund. Roshi was with Franklin Templeton before this. She is a chartered accountant, a chartered financial analyst, and an alumna of IIM Ahmedabad, and has close to two decades of experience researching stocks and managing funds in the Indian market. We are seeing a return of inflation, particularly in food, due to this uh, patchy monsoon. So, how are you positioning your portfolios for this? So, in the long run, people say that uh, equities are the only asset to beat inflation. But in the short run, uh, inflation can damage growth and earnings, right? Thanks, Arthi. Yes, um, food prices are on an inflation uh, inflationary trajectory uh, they do tend to be volatile though given the dependence on monsoons and weather conditions and inherently given the unpredictable nature of weather conditions i think uh, you know it's difficult to take a call on how long the inflationary pressures uh, from food can last right however i do think that uh, the government has been preemptively taking measures to address supply side issues uh, the rbi uh, through monetary policy is working to address the demand side pressures on inflation uh, so you, so uh, yes i think there is uh, a two pronged approach to deal with uh, the inflation on food uh, in the short term inflation can have an impact on uh, consumption spending and uh, therefore it will impact the growth for certain companies but uh, if we are able to construct a portfolio uh, with companies that can traverse such transient issues yeah uh, without it impacting their long term competitiveness i think then equities will be the asset class that will beat inflation right so has this bout of inflation seen you make any revisions to your uh, earnings outlook for the next year to my mind the important thing is to be able to is to able to assess whether the long term competitiveness growth outlook of companies uh, in our portfolio is impacted right. uh, as of now based on what we are seeing at this point in time Mm-hmm. uh and also given uh, you know the preemptive measures that both the government and the rbi is working on right. we see little reason to change any of our long term okay. uh, projections near term projections is something that we pay less attention to right. uh, but uh, nothing so far has made us change uh, the long term projections on our portfolio companies at this point in time so you were among the early fund managers to spot value in domestic banks particularly psu banks in this cycle i remember a few years ago they were completely in the dog house and uh, trading at very low valuations but lately we have seen a rally in this uh, set of banks on the back of a reviving credit cycle credit offtake also has been in the double digit for many months uh, now banks are also a big weight in the index so how do you view the sector today i mean is there a runway uh, to grow further or are we at a kind of a peak valuation scenario so i do think that uh, select banks due to their long term competitive advantages will continue to do well uh, and the sustained economic growth itself will provide growth mm-hmm. runway for these banks 
Yeah. Um, in general, I would say that bank balance sheets are well capitalized. Asset quality for the system uh, stays particularly healthy. And if okay. you uh, put that alongside the growth outlook for the economy, I think mm. uh, there is still uh, earnings growth that uh, we can expect from the banking system. Uh, right. Valuations also are attractive in the context of gro these growth levers and the competitive uh, situation. So mm. yes, I think um, the sector, to my mind, continues to still provide uh, reasonable upside over the long term. Right. So should investors make a distinction between PSU and private banks? Earlier, that divide was very sharp. But today, there's a, I mean, I think the outlook for the two sets appears somewhat identical, right? So the way I would address is address this question, Aarti, is like this. Mm. I think that ownership is only one dimension of a mm. company. And there right. are many other dimensions that we need to consider. Um, right. So if we are talking about banks, then, you know, there are nuances as far as banks are concerned. If we are talking about PSUs in general, there are other factors to be considered like mm. the mm. sector dynamics, competitiveness in that sector and so on. Mm. So I would only say that we need to evaluate each company on its own merit right. and take a rounded view of the company ownership yeah. being one of the dimensions that we need to consider. Right. Right. So my next question is also linked to this. So a key driver of HDFC FlexiCap's recent outperformance has been early positions in PSU stocks. Uh, and PSU stocks, particularly in sectors like defense and recently railways, they've seen a substantial re-rating in the markets in the last uh, year or so. Uh, I mean, there's news about order flows and uh, CAPEX, uh, government-driven CAPEX and so on. But... Um, I mean, in the past, if you see, I mean, some of these PSU rallies have been short-lived and they have sort of petered out quickly. So a lot of people are skeptical about whether it can sustain. So do you see structural changes happening in the PSUs that you track, which justify this valuation improvement that you've seen? So uh, again, I'll answer it in two parts. I think first yeah. is the... Uh, business cycle of the sectors that uh, some of these PSUs are present in. Uh, these mm. sectors inherently tend to be a little bit more capital intensive, infra, capex oriented, and therefore right. business cycle plays a significant role in performance of these companies. Mm. Now, as we see a cycle which is more in favor of infrastructure, private capex pickup, etc., I think yeah. uh, the business cycle part of the question uh, of the equation at least seems to be uh, in favor for the next uh, few years. Hmm. Uh, then comes the company specific aspect. And I think that will involve analysis like we do for any company. Uh, you know, look hmm. at the balance sheet, look at the competitiveness of the company in the sector and so on. Hmm. And um, there will be some PSUs which stand uh, very favorably. There will be some that perhaps don't stack up that well, just as how you know it would be for any private company as well. So mm. instead of generalizing and saying that and juxtapose the past performance with the future, uh, we need to look at them on their own merit. There yeah. will be some PSUs which merit presence in the portfolio on account of their uh, long-term strength. There may be some which perhaps are a, a little bit more tactical uh, and, uh, uh, you know, need to be uh, sort of uh, acted upon in that light. So I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't take a very generalized approach. I think it needs to be stock specific. 
Right. Rather than uh, take a view on the broad theme, I mean, you fe you feel that looking at specific companies is uh, is a better approach, right? That is true. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, as the manager of HDFC FlexiCap, you need to take this relative call also on the allocation between large cap stocks, mid cap stocks and small cap stocks during different market phases. So, how do you take that call? I am asking this because uh, today if you look at the AMFI data on mutual fund flows, the bulk of the mutual fund flows are actually happening into the small cap funds and in fact, there were even outflows from large cap funds. So, uh, so what do you think of this and how how do you actually uh, go about uh, deciding on this allocation uh, between these three segments? So, uh, as far as the FlexiCap uh, fund is concerned, per mandate, we don't have any limits on allocation to market cap segments. And therefore, for us, the main criteria becomes availability of opportunities that fit our framework of growth at reasonable price. We are agnostic to market cap. We will look at stocks on a bottom-up basis and those that fit our framework will find a place in the portfolio. Uh, at this point in time, we have a, a higher allocation relative to the benchmark in larger cap uh, stocks hmm. because we believe that the uh, risk-reward in larger cap names is more justifiable at this point as compared to the risk reward in um, in mid and small caps. Yes, you are right. Recent flows into the small cap funds uh, have been quite strong. Uh, but given that the FlexiCap is able to navigate across market cap segments, uh, it's yeah. easier for us to uh, make allocations uh, because for us, the criteria is not uh, a particular threshold that we have to achieve but we can we can just choose across market cap segments names that fit our framework on relative valuations between these three large cap like large cap and small cap large cap and mid cap um, you don't consciously look at relative valuations is it in deciding your allocations we look at relative valuations I mean not across large mid and small uh, mm. rather let me put it this way that um, you know, each stock, of course, has its own growth margin return characteristics. And right. uh, so therefore, for us, the the way to identify uh, whether a stock is to be uh, added to a portfolio or not is to uh, evaluate it on its own merit. We don't have to necessarily uh, buy into a stock because there is a certain uh, threshold of uh, large mid cap or small cap that we need hmm. to achieve. Therefore, we are able to uh, look at them in a more holistic way as opposed to uh, just uh, restricting our universe to either small or mid-cap. So typically in India, whenever general elections approach, uh, the, those years have been very volatile years for the equity markets, especially in the run-up to the election with, with the exit polls and news about who's winning, etc. coming out, your markets tend to have extreme swings. So... Uh, as an equity uh, fund manager, how do you approach such an event? I mean, uh, do you actually um, take cash calls in the run-up or do you sort of position yourself in more defensive stocks? What do you really do when uh, such event risks are on the horizon? The way I think about it is, is like this. I think equities for us is a long-term uh, instrument uh, and we are long-term fundamental research oriented investors mm -hmm. and i think in that long-term investing continuum 
there will be several events which will cause volatility but they do not necessarily alter the long term trajectory of a company okay uh, so i believe that as long as we stay disciplined to our investment philosophy to our process we should actually be able to take advantage of any short term volatility in order to create a uh, long term value for our investors at least that's the mm. broad approach we take for uh, some of these events which can which can cause a lot of market volatility but in the in the long term scheme of things really they may appear as a blip and therefore that does not become a key factor for us in uh, in sort of uh, thinking about stock selection the approach right. really is always mostly bottom up driven uh, which is that we look for companies that are able to traverse such um, such events and uh, mm. you know not their long term competitiveness doesn't get impacted i think with that philosophy in mind volatility actually becomes something that we can take advantage of rather than be wary of so uh, i mean going by that even individual investors uh, i suppose if they have a long term horizon should not make too much of such events right so uh, if you are doing an sip you should perhaps continue with it uh, that's the message isn't it absolutely arthi yes yeah the global scenario is also somewhat turbulent and we have seen this uh, worries about slowdown and uh, interest rates going up so does that affect the outlook for indian stocks uh, do you see the possibility of uh, some uh, correction or volatility unleashed by those events in the shorter term yes uh, also because uh, capital flows tend to be sort of correlated yeah so the scoff event in any other part of the world does tend to have some impact right you know, in general globally mm. uh, but also in the near term there could be some uh, growth shocks that flow through to the indian economy as well via several mm. channels inflation mm. we talked about it could be yeah. via slower growth uh, in right. the export oriented companies and so on uh, and also given the fact that uh, valuations are sort of you know given i mean they are not exactly cheap i think yeah. that will that will create some volatility right uh, but again i would only say this that for longer term investors the important thing is that we stay disciplined to our investment philosophy to the way we construct portfolios yeah more so than ever before just given some of these challenges that uh, exist both globally and which could have some impact on local markets as well that will be all roshi thank you so much for uh, joining bl and uh, giving us your thank you for having me